Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from co-pastor Elaine Lofton. Because today we're going to talk about something that we all in this room are a part of and that we all have experienced, and that is the gift of adoption. So, Father, I just thank you this morning, Lord. Your presence is palpable in this place. And, Lord, I just ask that this morning that you give me the ability to deliver the words that you have prepared in my heart and that it will penetrate someone's heart here. Lord, that they've not experienced the gift of your adoption, that by time I'm done, Father God, that they will feel the need and the urge and the desire to want to be a part of this family. So, Lord, I praise you this morning. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I ask, God, that you will just allow me to decrease so that your spirit can increase and that the word that you have can be a blessing. In your name I pray this morning, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Um, you know, I, I was going to start off with something funny, but I don't want to ruin the spirit, so I'm going to just go with what God is telling me to do this morning. There was a mother, and she had one eye. And her daughter was really ashamed of her. She had a daughter, and that daughter went throughout life detesting her mom. Her mom was a good mother. She loved her. She cared for her. But this young lady felt every time her mom would come around, she was ashamed. She thought her mom, you know, was a, an embarrassment to her. So when she graduated high school, she left home. She got married. And she didn't include her mom in any of her plans and any of her life. But one day, her mom showed up on her doorstep. And she wanted to see her and, and see her grandchildren. And when the young woman saw her mom and she came into the home, I guess the children didn't know about her. And she scared them. She frightened them because she had one eye. And she got angry at her mother. And she said, I don't ever want you to come around again. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You've scared my children. You've ruined my life. Stay away. So the mother, you know, she left. She was respectful. She understood. And oh, a little while later, a letter came in the mail to the daughter inviting her to her class reunion. So she had an opportunity to go back home. And she decided she would take that opportunity. And she went home. And you know, as life would have it, you know, you kind of want to, I don't care what you might have experienced in your past, you still want to go and check out the old home grounds, right? So she went by the old home grounds, and there was a neighbor. And she said, your mom was hoping that you would come. I have something for you. So she gave the young lady a letter. And it read something like this. And I want to read it word for word because I think it will be much more impactful than if I 
try to give it to you myself. And it says, my dear child, I must begin by apologizing for visiting your home unannounced and frightening your beautiful children. I'm also deeply sorry that I was such an embarrassment and source of humiliation to you when you were growing up. I've learned that you may be coming back to town for your reunion and I may no longer be here when you come and I think it's time to tell you about an incident that happened when you were a young child. You see, my dear, you were involved in an accident and lost one eye. I was devastated at the thought of my beloved child growing up with only one eye. I wanted to see the beautiful, I wanted you to see the beautiful world in all its glory. So I gave you my eye. My dear child, I always have and always will love you from the bottom of my heart. I've never regretted my decision to give you my eye and I am now at peace that I have been able to give you the ability to enjoy a complete life. Now my daughter said, Mommy, that's a sad story. And she said, it almost made me cry and it almost made me cry. But it brings into clarity some of the things that I want to share with you this morning. The gift of adoption. Adoption is a special thing. And every one of us shares that gift of adoption if you've given your, Christ, your life to Christ. Amen. But this young woman was extremely disrespectful. I don't know if she was adopted, doesn't really matter, but she was extremely disrespectful to her mother, not understanding the circumstances of why her mom was disfigured. Who of us have been given a, a gift that when we looked at it, we judged it, it was ugly maybe, maybe it wasn't wrapped well, Maybe there was tears in the paper. Maybe it was taped ugly. Maybe it just didn't look attractive. So we failed to open the gift because the gift just didn't look like something we were interested in. See, the gifts of God have been judged often by people. And these people don't get to the treasure because they only are worried about what they see on the outside. See, that's like the body of Christ. We are a body of Christians. And we walk around and we look one way on the outside. And what happens is that we keep people out because they don't like what they see. That's not us though, right? We don't do that. Not, not in covenant. Because we walk around in the image of God. We make our light shine. See, some people think if they open the gift that other people are going to look at them in disdain. And the gift I'm talking about is the gift of salvation, saints, so that we, we're clear. I'm not talking about a, a gift at somebody's hand. I'm talking about the gift of salvation. So what happens is sometimes people don't open it. Because we don't show them anything that is, makes them want to look inside. So we basically are 
preventing them from enjoying the gift that God has given us. We shy away. We don't talk about his greatness. We don't talk about his, his wonderfulness. We don't want people to think we're Jesus freaks, right? I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks because I love God. You don't love God? See, a lot of people, they go to church. They're not, God's not in here, in, the, in here, right? They go to church. They do what they think is required of them. They really haven't experienced the adoption of Christ. They're just going through the motions. And see, that's the problem right now. When, when you are adopted what adoption means is that you give up one family and you take on another family. Everything that family has to offer, you are an heir. It's no different than when you give your life to Christ, you become a full heir to all his goodness and everything he has to offer. And that's what adoption is. It is a gift. God is a father who graciously adopts believers into Christ, into his spiritual family, and he grants us every privilege that he has. That's not something we should take lightly. That is something that is vitally important. A lot of times people look at adoption in the natural as something that is shameful, something that is detestable, something that is a, something you don't want to be a part of. See, because when people say orphan, orphan is, the, is, is a word that has a lot of connotations and people look at it in an, uh, an unusual, sometimes ugly way. But guess what? We were all orphans until we took Christ into our lives and we accepted the gift that he had to give us. See, John 1, 12 through 13 says, but as many as have received him, to them he gave them the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So we take this wonderful adoption and this wonderful gift and we disrespect it. And we should be ashamed. My experience in life, and I think maybe a lot of you know this, is I was adopted. From birth, I was 12 days old. I had a 16-year-old mother who didn't want me. She, for whatever reason, I mean, you know, 16 is young. But she didn't want me. So she gave me up for adoption. Best thing she could have ever done. Best thing. Because as God has a purpose for each and every one of us, he had a purpose for me. And he placed me in a family that nurtured me and loved me and prepared me for where I am today. 
See, that's the thing, what we have to understand. You might be an orphan. You may have never had a mother or a father that you're aware of. You might have been in foster care your entire life. But when you made a decision to give your life to Christ, you entered into a new family. You became a new creature. You took on a new uh, body. You took on a new uh, level of spirituality and responsibility that you didn't have before. See, that's what Christ does for us. When we are adopted into him, everything changes. Now, sometimes, you know, we people get, you know, they accept Christ and, and they think their lives are going to be all wonderful and everything is going to be beautiful and all that. But that's not necessarily the case. Amen. You just get to going and, and God gave me something to say and I forgot to go to the to the foundational scripture so let me apologize and let's start back a second let's rewind okay um so ephesians one and four one verse chapter one verse four says just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now I have a couple other scriptures, but that is the foundational scripture that I think it highly exemplifies the message that I wanted to share with you today. So the gift of adoption, as I indicated earlier, is to, to be given adoption is a blessing. To, and this is something I came up with here, and it says to dispel of the gift without ever checking out the contents is disrespectful. To misuse the gift is dishonorable. To lie about the gift is disgraceful. To do all is despicable. And so I covered the first point of disrespectful. The second point is dishonorable. And you know, this can happen, and I've seen it happen in numerous situations where people are adopted and the parents don't tell them and they go through life and, you know, they think everything's hunky-dory and then all of a sudden one day something happens, they find out they're, they're um, adopted and they get mad and they become vexed and they're angry and they're mean and they're nasty and, and, and this whole wonderful life that they have or have had now all of a sudden is taunted or tainted by the fact that they're adopted when really it should have been a whole blessing for them. So I was about five when I found out I was adopted. And I went to my mom and, yeah, I was ashamed because it hit me the way it hit me is my cousin say, ah, yada, yada, you're adopted. You don't have real mom. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know anything about this. So I had to go ask her. And I said, mommy, am, am, am I adopted? And she said, well, yes, you are. Well, okay, first instinct is I'm really upset about this. I don't know what to think about this. Now, you know, I'm different from everybody else. Are these really my cousins? Are these really my brother? You know, the whole nine yards. But, you know, she said something to me that turned it all around. And she said, 
Being adopted is a blessing. It's a gift because out of all the little girls in the world, I chose you. Out of all of the people in the world, God chose you. See, that's, that's how we have to look at this. When we become adopted in Christ, he chose us. Yeah. It, we were predestined. It was already determined what we were going to be. All you had to do was accept the gift. Amen. And by accepting the gift, then you took on all that God had to offer. You became heirs to everything he has to offer. Yeah. All the riches, all the grace, all the glory. But you can't use that as a get out of hell free card. And see, that's what happens. We take advantage of this wonderful uh, uh, gift that we have and we want to use all the grace. Oh, God knows my heart. And you do whatever you want to do. You sin, you fornicate, you cheat, you lie, everything because you feel that you are require I mean that it is something that you have that you don't have to worry about taking care of it's almost like getting a wonderful gift and you play with it for a little while and you get bored with it and then you throw it off in the corner this is not one of my husband's messages that's for sure (laughs) I'm not as exciting as he is I'm sorry. Yeah, he excites me too. But but we're on another assignment this morning. Dishonoring God because we don't take care of the gift. The other thing we do is we disgrace him. A Scottish law professor, Francis Lyle, wrote that the reason for legal adoption was never for the sake of the child. You believe that? It was to preserve the family. So why do you think God adopted us? It's not for us. It's for the sake of the family. See, we, we were required, when we're adopted, we're required to, dis, to become disciples for Christ and to go out and to disciple others. So that's for the family. That's not for us. God determined all of that. He knew what he was doing. When he created the, the, uh, the, area, the thing of, of adopt, called adoption, I can't get it out of my mouth, but when he created adoption, when he knew, he predestined, he knew what he was doing so that we could, Take care of the family. It's not for us saints. So if you get saved 
and all you do is come to church and all you do is deal with your own little world, but you never go out and you never talk about Christ and you never disciple him to somebody else. <clears throat> and excuse me. And every time somebody talks to you about God, you go into your own little hole because you're afraid what they might think about you. Then you are taking what God has given you and you are dishonoring it. And it is a disgrace to him. Because that is not what adoption is supposed to be for. It's supposed to be for the family, not for us. Amen. And so 2 Corinthians says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So from the standpoint of the family, the adoptee takes on the adoptor. I, I'm, you know, and I'm not going to embarrass my daughters. I hope I don't, but y you all should know Caitlin was adopted. Did you know that? I mean, biologically, she's mine. She's beautiful like me, right? <laughs> she looks like her mother. <laughs> However, a lot of people don't know that John adopted Caitlin when she was about five. Now, my dad said to him, son, you know, if um, you do this thing, that if something happens to you, and, and I won't tell you what he called me, I'll just say Elaine, because I had a nickname. It was not one I'd like to share. <laughs> so if I'm going to be transparent, I got to be all transparent? Well, he said, if something ever happened to you and Prissy, <laughs> and if I hear one of you call me that, <laughs> it better be behind my back. <laughs> but he said, if something ever happened to you and Prissy, you must know that when you sign those papers, you are her father. Everything that's yours is hers. You are responsible for her. It does not matter what happens to my daughter. You are responsible for her, and you are her father, and there is nothing you can do about it. Are you prepared for that? Well, I guess you can see he was. <laughs> but see, what they say sometimes is, you know, when you adopt a person, when people see Caitlin, the one thing they say is, I've had so many people say, she looks just like her daddy. <laughs> or I've had people say, she is a perfect combination of you and her daddy. And you know, when people say, when you feed them long enough, they start to look like you. Well, when you feed on the word of God long enough, you will take on the image of Christ. That's what's required. If you don't feed on the word, you don't look like the word. You don't take this in, you have nothing to give out. That's what adoption is. You take on the whole body, the whole person, the whole family. And she is just like him. 
everything bad about her is just like him. You know, adoption comes in all forms. How many saw Tarzan? Okay, Tarzan was adopted by what? Come on, y'all can talk back to me. Okay, so what did he do in life? He walked around on his knuckles, right? He took on the, the uh, image of his mother. That's what he knew. So if you take on the image of God, that's what people see. But when you do not accept the gift, then what image are you taking on? Wow. See, what, what do you want to look like today? What do you want to sound like today? How do you want to be viewed as today? Do you want to be viewed as someone who is good and kind and loving? All of the gifts, right? Or do you want to be viewed as someone that is not? And we can tell you, you know, those gifts are different, right? They're not really gifts. They're just stuff. That's what adoption is. I don't know why it was so much in my spirit to want to talk about adoption. I just felt like there were some people who are out here who are moving around through life, who really have not made a decision what way they want to go. They're walking a gray line right down the middle. Well, I got to tell you, folks, if you straddle, something's going to hurt. You know, and it might even, you know, I mean, it's just going to hurt. That's all I can say. So you don't want to, you don't want to, you got to make a decision. Do you want to be on God's side? And it's real easy. Wonderful thing about God is you don't have to go to the attorney. You don't have to fill out a lot of papers. You don't have to go through foster care. You don't have to do any of that stuff. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And the adoption is final. Is, or do you want to walk on the other side? Where there is no, well, there is eternal life. It's eternal damnation in hell where the fires are burning and, and you are standing over there and there's nothing you can do where you can have water. If you had water, you're still going to be thirsty. If you had food, you're still going to be hungry because the devil has nothing for you. So what side do you want to be on? I just feel like there's some people, and maybe not here, Maybe this is something you can tell somebody. Maybe you can share this. But there are too many people walking a mixed life. Where you don't want to make a decision. You only want God on your terms. Not on his. And you know, some people say, well, adoption, you never know what you're going to get. You know, well, you don't know what you don't, you don't know what you're going to get in life anyway. Only God knows what you're going to get. I had someone tell me one time, well, you know, I ain't so sure about adoption because, you know, I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm like, you don't know what you're going to get if you have a child. You have a child. You raise that child in the admonition of God. You bring him, don't stop, April, stop. And you bring him into the world. 
You bring them into the world. You give them everything that you know to give as a parent. You love them. You nurture them. You do everything you know to do. And guess what? That child still grows up to be a murderer. It happens. Do you think God cared about what we have done? I'm ugly, I'm dirty, I've done all kind of things in my life, and yet and still he welcomed me with open arms, and he took me, and he says, I don't care. He took me, he cleaned me up, he turned me around, and here I stand before you today because he is such a loving God. Amen. See, we've got to learn not to throw things away. He could have thrown us away. I was ugly. I was, I was smelly. All the things I've done in my life. And he still allowed me to become a part of his family. I, to me, that's the best gift ever. So why would anyone ever want to look upon adoption as something bad when all you have is good? person that should be concerned is the person that's adopting you <laughs> because like I said you don't know what you're going to get so there are four doctrines of adoption that I want to share with you and I'm not going to keep you a whole lot longer after that one is we are predestined See, God chose us. It says, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ according to the purpose of his will. Human parents choose us. However, God purposes to adopt us. See, that's the difference. He wants the worst of the worst, the liars, the fornicators, the adulterers. He wants Every the worst that we could possibly be, God wants us. The murderers, the liars, the cheats, the thieves, the thieves, everything. Because he has something to give you. And if you welcome it, it can change your life. So when we're talking about doctrines of adoption, the first one is we are predestined. Let me go back. And when we do not follow that, so we don't we don't want to disrespect it because if we do, we disrespect this awesome destination that God has purposed for us. The second is we are designed to glorify and praise his glorious grace from Ephesians one and six. You know, I just read Ephesians, but I'll say this. Because to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. See, he accepted us. We are praised by his glorious grace. Some people take advantage of that grace. Oh, God knows my heart. I can do whatever I want to do because God knows my heart. And, and his grace is sufficient. It is. But keep doing it. And see how sufficient his grace is. See, God will spew you out. You know, no different than a parent. You keep doing that same old thing, that same old bad thing over and over and over again. Or you get caught up in some drugs or, or, or jail or whatever. A parent will <laughs> say, well, 
See, yeah, wouldn't want to be you. God can do the same thing. So we are designed to glorify, but our adoption enhances the reputation of God. Our adoption arises out of that choice, and we do not deserve, nor could we ever earn that grace. We're not Jehovah Witnesses. We can't earn a thing. They think they can. They think that's how they're going to earn their way into glory. But it doesn't happen that way, saints. So a misuse of this grace is dishonorable. How would you feel if you kept giving your child everything they asked for? I gave you this. And, you know, they asked for mommy. I wanted a, this expensive toy, and you gave it to them. Well, they grew a little older. Mommy, daddy, I want a car and you give it to him. Well, mommy and daddy, can you help me buy a house? And you give it to him. And the next thing you know, the house ends up being a crack house. Isn't that a disgrace? To everything that you gave them. That's how God looks at what we do when we don't do the right thing with what he's given us. We are in Christ. Adoption is all about Christ. Once we're in Christ, there's no spiritual blessing that's not ours. Ephesians, it says it again. We are blessed in Christ, chosen in him, predestined through Jesus Christ, and blessed in the beloved. Everything's in Christ, through him. We can't get around this. He's in everything. So that's what adoption is. It is all about Christ. It's all about your salvation and you're being wrapped up in him and glorified in him, through him, under him, around him, above him. Everything's about him. But when we do not we do not exemplify that, then we are lying about who Christ is in our lives and it's a disgrace. And when it's a disgrace, he will turn his back. When you live like that, can you honestly say that you are in Christ if you do not follow the precepts of what this word says? And we walk in the imago Dei. That's the image of Christ. At least we're supposed to walk in the imago Dei. And when we do not do that, saints... Or when we walk around and we say, I'm a Christian, and I work, uh, listen, I work uptown like my husband, and I, there's a couple of people, I would never mention names, that talk about, oh, I love God, and, you know, I pray, and um, I go to church, and then out of the next breath, it's like, but you, me and my boyfriend, we had sex last night. Those don't go together like oil and water it's mixture that is not the image of Christ saints here's the problem we walk around and, and I'm, when I say we I'm not necessarily saying you but we as a, as a, as a body of, of believers we walk around and we talk about oh we go to church well that's not necessarily meaning that you have a relationship with Christ but I'm a Christian well I don't like people using that term because 
when we are adopted into something, when my daddy adopted me, my name changed from the name that was on the adoption papers to his name. When you took on salvation, when you accepted Christ in your life, your name changed from who you are to being John Lawton, a Christian. Christ, that is the root of Christian. We took on his name. When we do not do what we're supposed to do and we're out there and we're living this life of mixture, we are slandering his name all over the place. And, and everybody that sees you is wanting to know, well, if I, that's a Christian, well, I don't need to be one. Because Everything that you're showing them is really not the image of Christ. When you look in the mirror, you should see an image of Christ. Like my, my daughter Michelle said this morning, she said, I could have done something wrong. Nobody was watching. That got me. I've been in that situation. Nobody was watching, and I could have done anything. And in a while, it was not too long ago, I probably would have too done the wrong thing. But because I now walk in the image of Christ, I carry that name, and I take good care of that name. I do not want him to look down on me and to say, I am sorry that I ever accepted you into my body. Because you have slandered my name. Christ, Christians, when you take on that name, when I took on his name, how, how bad would it be for me to uh, take his name and then go out in the streets and maybe, oh, I've washed my tongue here. <laughs> you know, become drunk and drunkenly and, and, and people see me in the street and they say, oh, that's John Lofton's wife. I am taking his name I'm taking his dad's name and I'm just smearing it and ruining it because I have no respect, no honor, no grace. That's what we do when we do what we do with Christ. Saints, we've got to be careful. We've got to walk out there and we've got to walk in the image of Christ. We have to be upright. We have to be honest. We have to be moral. We have to be integrous because that is what the image of God looks like. When we do this, we act disrespectful, graceful, dishonorable, become despicable to God, and no longer are we a reflection of his image. At that point, you are a reflection of something but it is not God. So I just wanted to say, have you ever felt that you're not important or that your accomplishments mean nothing? Remember, God does have a plan. He planned this before the beginning of the world. He planned for you to be a part of his family before you ever even thought about it. I don't think all of us came out of the womb speaking in tongues and praising God and, you know, professing salvation. So that means that there was a plan. We all have a plan. 
Do you accept God's plan of adoption? Do you accept being a part of this family? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.